What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Q Podcast. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming, so there will be no live episode today. Um, I haven't quite figured out what I want the live episode schedule to be like, but we are going to uh, kind of try for like once a month. See, you know, see if we can make that happen. Um. Or maybe not. I don't know. It may not even work out that way. But if you guys have any preferences for like how often you want to see a live episode, definitely comment them. Um, send a message to me somehow to let me know if you want to see more of the live episodes. Um, so the current live episode, if you missed it last week, it is available on IGTV. It is also... Um, no, it is not available on Twitch because, yeah, no. Okay, so it's, <laughs> sorry, it's available on IGTV. So if you haven't watched it yet and you want to watch it, it is available on IGTV. Um, it's also available on the website. That is what I was trying to say. It is available on the website. There's a link to the IGTV on the website for the companion post for that topic which was about love languages and the newly established apology languages so if you want to learn more about that go ahead and check that out on the website um also fun fact i found out that on igtv i can use links in my description box um so i linked the quizzes for the love languages stuff in the igtv description box um and the link works um, so definitely I will be utilizing that feature a lot more to put links in there for you guys to take you different places, um, especially when I talk about certain things and like I've have, you know, articles as references or different videos that I've watched where I got the information from, like that'll definitely be helpful for you guys to be able to see some of that information yourself. Um, because again, like I stated before in another episode way back, you know, don't just take my word for anything like definitely do your own research and you know fact check fact check fact check so yeah so moving on to today's episode um so i kind of went out of order a little bit um again i said this on the last episode that we were kind of switching things up a bit because i wanted to talk about this in an order where it was kind of all going to flow together and so last week was about love languages and being able to know what you're going to bring to the table um, when you are seeking someone out um, for a relationship. And this week is going to be about what you actually bring to the table and, and what is, you know, what is being perceived when you're at the table, what, what you're seeing for the other person, what the other person is seeing for you, and how those things are actually matching up. So on that note, who celebrated Valentine's Day? If you did, more power to you. I hope you had a wonderful time. If you did not, you know, you you are the real MVPs. And I'll tell you why. You know, uh, and 
For those of you who do not want to hear my little mini rant about Valentine's Day, you can go ahead and skip this part. Um, I hate Valentine's Day. Um, I do not. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I don't get the concept. I, I get the, I get the concept of wanting to celebrate your partner or partners if you have multiple. I get the concept of wanting to show your appreciation for the person that you're with. All of that is fine and dandy. What I do not like is the fact that there is a an entire day that was literally made up to do this. Um, first off, no, you should be doing this every day. You know, th- this this idea of I'm you know I'm only gonna go above and beyond for my partner or for you know my partners on this one day is ridiculous. Like you should be, you know, to the best of your ability, you should be going above and beyond for whoever you're with. All year long, not just on Valentine's Day. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't think you need a special day to go above and beyond. Like, if you want to get your person flowers, go get them flowers just because it's Tuesday. Like, you don't need a special day to do it. Um, yeah, and then clearly, if you guys know the history behind Valentine's Day, it's, it's literally a made-up holiday for commercialism. So, it, Google that. If you don't know anything about it, Google it. Um, so that's my little rant about Valentine's Day. Again, if you, if you celebrated Valentine's Day, if you had somebody to celebrate with and you guys, you know, you know, you guys went big, more power to you. If you didn't, and it was just any other day and you still were showing your partner love and appreciation and affection, awesome. Um, now I think that leads into, you know, for the people who didn't celebrate Valentine's Day, but they wanted to, or they were expecting something big or just something, you know, I think that that kind of stems from what today's topic is about is this is about this idea of all these standards that we have for dating and relationships and the, the idea that someone has to do something or someone should be doing something if they say, you know, they're they're your partner if they say they love you or if you've been married for x amount of time right there's this expectation that something should be done something should be celebrated there should be some level of acknowledgement or recognition of the longevity of this relationship whether it be only a year long whether it be 10 years long you know whether you guys just got together two weeks before valentine's day there should be some acknowledgement and I would, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have mixed feelings because there's so many things that we have been taught. There's so many things that we have been kind of like pre-programmed to believe about like how relationships work and how, you know, people view relationships. It's really hard to kind of notice what those things are and to kind of get out of that, like to really turn a lot of that off. Um, and kind of deprogram yourself from all of those things and it's it's really interesting because so many people you know in in theory they're like oh no I don't you know I don't care about this or I don't care about that and you know as long as the person um, accepts me and and treats me right like nothing else matters and like a lot of people say that and that's fine and dandy if you're that person and you really believe that and you're sticking to your guns on it great but when it comes down to it something is always going to happen where you're going to question the validity of your statements because many people say oh I don't care you know if 
you know, I have the prettiest girl in the room or I have the hottest looking guy in the room. Many people say that. They say that. And then time goes by and I don't know, they see someone else that quote unquote looks right and and then it's all of a sudden, well, why can't I get a guy like that or why can't I get a girl like that? And it's like, well, but I thought you didn't care, you know? And so again being able to tune in to some of those preconceived notions that we've all been kind of pre-programmed to believe is is really going to be helpful because a lot of the stuff we do when we don't even realize it for example the entire like almost any industry really like but mainly like beauty industries and cosmetic industries and that sort of thing it's almost entirely driven by by body image like it's not actually it's it's not even driven by the actual like quality and like results of whatever product they're trying to sell it's literally driven by the body image aspect of it they're they're using the body as a marketing tool to to lure you in because they know that people value physical appearance they know that people are going to look at something that they believe is attractive and so if they can pair this already um, appealing item i.e the body with whatever their product is then their marketing is going to be successful because the idea is not to get you to look at the actual product the idea i mean i mean yeah the idea is to get you to look at the product but it's to get you to look at the product from the angle of appearance from the angle of physicality because that's what's going to hold you there that's what's going to keep your attention that that is what is going to channel your focus into what the product actually is it is the reason why most car companies back in the day sold their cars you know by by having like women on the hoods and and that sort of thing and and string bikinis and whatnot and it's because the idea was okay we know someone's not going to look at this car just by itself you know we we need something else to get people interested in this car oh let's stick a naked woman in front of it you know guys are gonna flock to this car because they're gonna believe that this car can you know potentially get them women or whatever Uh, it's the same reason why for a lot of like household items um, they're marketed to towards women and so they're marketed in ways that they believe women will respond to so to take any laundry detergent ever there's probably been a commercial for it on the books that have children involved why because i'm whatever studies or focus groups they've done have shown that women respond more to images or scenarios or whatever where children are involved um now that sets up a whole level a whole nother level of programming right because now you have all of these things that are being shown to you from the basis of okay as a woman here's what we think women will respond to as a man here's what we think men will respond to and so using for for beauty standards and dating using the body as a marketing tool is you know you know and I don't want to give them credit but it kind of is ingenious because ask any male in their 20s what they're going to look at 
a hot girl or the nerdy chick and they're going to tell you the hot girl like not th- not to say that they won't find the nerdy chick attractive but nine times out of ten they're going to look at the hot girl just because it's it's something that's been pre-programmed in them to do you know it's going to be you know I want the tall leggy blonde versus you know the short stocky brunette type of thing like it's it's just been programmed into people that that is the standard that that is the ideal of beauty and and this is what it looks like and and if you don't desire it then something's wrong with you and it's 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 really just a one big trap that's what it is it's one big trap because people like who they like you know just because you're not a tall leggy blonde or just because you're not the guy with with the rock hard six pack abs like that doesn't mean you're not attractive it doesn't mean you're not desirable it means you're different you know it means that you're different than what someone has designated as the quote-unquote norm or the typical because we all know how I feel about the word normal but it's you know it's it's all surface level stuff it's all surface level because that's what they that's what they you know that's what they present they present the surface level and everything underneath that is hidden from hidden from view it's the iceberg concept you know you see you see the big thing on the top or you see the little iceberg on the top and there's so much more underneath that that you don't get to touch and you don't get to see and 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 this usually the stuff underneath is what matters right so take any dating website what do you see? You see the attractive looking couple on the front. You know, you see, oh, Jane found John and they've been, you know, now they're getting married. And Jane and John normally look like typical attractive people. Now, there is scientific research that states that there are particular features that tend to be more appealing to the eye. Primary example, if you have ever watched the Disney movie Tangled, Flynn Rider was actually designed his character was designed to have physically appealing features and what that means is based on the studies someone with symmetrical facial features is tends to be seen as more attractive and so they drew flynn as someone with symmetrical facial features to make him seem more attractive now it sounds like a lot like it's it sounds like it's a really like small detail thing to be thinking about like why would I be looking at someone's face and trying to figure out if their eyes are equally spaced apart you know or things like that but again it's those little things those unconscious things that we don't really know are happening that tend to you know kind of make all the difference and it goes all the way back to the idea of Darwinism and the process of evolution where each generation down the species is trying to figure out what those special features are that are going to be most beneficial to keep the species going so whether that's facial features whether that's you know muscles which which may indicate strength which may indicate some level of you know um fortitude as far as okay if we have strong people in the species then they can fight or you know which which means protection and this that the third you know there's there's a whole list of things you can kind of go into there um but the idea is that all of these features that are being marketed to us are 
features that are supposed to be giving off the idea that this is the type of person that you want to be with. This is the type of person that would signal to everyone else that you have, quote unquote, a good one, you know, and you know again it's all variable because people are going to like who they like you know you may not like the tall leggy blonde you may not like the guy with the six-pack abs you may like somebody with a dad bod and a little bit of a beer belly you may like you know the girl who you know maybe she's not like super big boned but she's got a little bit of stock on her you may like the woman you know who 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 is a plus size you know person everybody likes what they like to each their own. Um, but it seems like the U.S. is the only, maybe not the only place, but is the probably one of the top places where body image is such a controversial thing. It is such a thing that people have such a hard time talking about it. The uh, Like a few years ago, the U.S. was the highest rated in obesity. Um, and I don't remember if that was for like people across like all ages and genders or if it was just for children um and but there was like research done about obesity in children in the U.S. and that was the whole reason for the start of you know the healthy like lunch initiative um that was that was started where they took like everything out of schools and like revamped all the the school lunch like programs and the idea is that obesity is such a thing in the U.S. that it is problematic in, in, on, on both sides. So from a health standpoint, nobody talks about the dangers of using a person's BMI against them. So for example, my personal BMI is the, the lowest a BMI can go is 19 and for an adult. Um, and the highest it goes, I think, is like above 40 or something like that. For my, like, age range and whatnot, I am below, I, I don't even, I don't even write on the chart. I am below the, the 19 level on the BMI chart, which, which technically signals that I am, like, severely underweight for my age range. Which, if you're just looking at people my age, that would be correct. But for the height that I am, I'm fine. Um, because the way that, you know, your height to weight ratio balances out is different than the averages of people in your age group. Because obviously, everybody in the same age group is not the same height or size. And so it's going to be different. And the BMI chart is just a list of averages of heights and weights. And so... Per, per compared to the average person, I'm underweight for my age range and height group. Now, nutritionally though, I'm healthy. I'm fine. Uh, I'm not malnutritioned. I don't need to be on a special diet to gain weight. Um, you know that sort of thing. Um, and it's this, it's the same thing in the opposite direction. Someone can rate as obese, quote unquote 
on the BMI chart, but they can be a functionally healthy person. Um, and so people, a lot of times people get caught up in the weight factor as well, where it's like, well, I weigh this and, you know, so-and-so weighs 20 pounds less and I wish I could look like her or I wish I could look like him or he goes to the gym every day and, and I only go once a week. And it's like, okay, but if once a week is what works for you and it keeps you at a functionally healthy weight for you, then that's fine. If someone goes to the gym every day and they stay at a functionally healthy weight for them, that's fine for them. Like, the the whole process of, you know, weight being a deciding factor is, is incorrect. The only time weight actually becomes problematic is when you start to become unhealthy. For example, if you are so heavy that now you you know, you have trouble walking, or you have trouble breathing, or, you know, you can't go up and down steps, like, that's when weight would become a medical issue, you know, an actual issue that you should be concerned about, um, and weight plays into other things as well, like diabetes, and, and a whole list of other health concerns, but that's the only time that it should be something that you physically get concerned about, and at that point, you would go and talk to your family doctor about it because they're going to be the only ones that are going to be able to help you correctly to get that under control however you need to do that or go see a nutritionist um, if, if that's another concern of yours because dieting does not work. Dieting will never work. Like, and, and dieting is extremely harmful for your body. Um, depriving yourself of food is extremely harmful for your body. So if you are a person who, you know, you find yourself saying, oh, I need to go on a diet, stop that. Um, you don't need to be dieting at all. Um, you actually need to eat more food um, in order to lose weight. Believe it or not, again, Google that. Um, there are plenty of videos out there on why dieting is extremely harmful. Um, now, again, like I said, the U.S. seems to be one of the main places that have this issue with body image and, and body standards. And in dating, it's even more profound. I've seen more than, you know, more than a handful of videos where people are walking around and, you know, they're being asked like, oh, would you date, you know, a plus size girl or, or would you date, you know, a plus size man or, or this, that, a third. And, and immediately everyone's reaction is, you know, no, I would not. Um, you know, she, she's got to look she's got to look hot or she's got to look sexy or she's got to look this that and a third and blah 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 and it's like well do, do you not realize that big people can can look sexy too like like I don't understand like sexy is not a size um you know you can't go to the store and, and buy a size sexy anything so like sexy does not it's not determined by how big or how small you are um, sexy is a personality trait. Honestly, sexy is an embodiment of something. You can embody being sexy. It doesn't matter how big or small you are. Like, you can be sexy doing anything. There's people who are sexy wearing sweatpants. There's people who are sexy wearing jeans. There's people who are sexy, you know, wearing, like, coveralls and covered in paint. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not something that you can, like, put in a box like sexy can be anything um and so for people to again have have that preconceived notion that oh no if she's not skinny or you know if she doesn't have a size whatever waist 
then I don't find them attractive. And it's like, well, that sucks for you. And there's more people for the rest of us because, like, you're going to be boxed into this idea that the only people that are considered, you know, desirable or dateable to you are the people that fit this one little, like, tiny, minuscule thing that probably doesn't even exist. And, like, looking around the world, there are... Most of the world has a very different view of what is sexy compared to the U.S. And there's an article from the Huffington Post that actually, I guess they did a some sort of like study thing or comparison where they actually took, I think it's like 18 countries, they, they kind of put all the ideal body, uh, body types from those countries you know, kind of, like, next to each other, and unfortunately, they didn't do the same thing for men, they only did it for women, which is probably going to be, um, something that really kind of, like, again, highlights this idea of standards and the patriarchal systems of oppression that have been set up for women themselves, um, but the, but they only did women. They didn't they didn't compare sizes to men, which again is another is another thing. You know, most of the time the idea of beauty standards is more focused on women. It's more focused on women being looking, acting a certain way rather than men. Now that's not to say that it doesn't happen for men because men do have certain body standards that, you know, they are also being fooled into believing they need to attain as well like the six-pack abs or the you know the muscles or the veiny arms or whatever you know they have their things too that that play into their norms of toxic masculinity but it's a lot less uh broadcasted than the ones that women have and I think what makes the the comparison so interesting between men and women is that men just have the idea of masculinity as a as an issue to face Um, women have criticism on both ends so women have the idea of modesty both as a virtue but also as a a limiter um, or a restrictor of things and on the opposite end they have the idea of you know sluthood or promiscuity as a restrictor of things but also as this idea of being liberated in some way and so there's so many facets of there's so many facets of control and manipulation and um like censorship excuse me there we go censorship for a woman's body than there is for men's and again that's not to say that men don't have it as bad but they kind of don't you know they 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 have their own stuff but women have a lot more that they have to you know kind of trudge through the mud with before they can be seen as an actual human being and so, yes, if you want to go take a look at that post that has all the different pictures of 
the international beauty standards versus the U.S. Um, from those 18 countries, that link will be up on the website for you to do so. Now, we did talk about a little bit about the toxic masculinity and, you know, women's societal norms that we have to adhere to with, like, the modesty versus, like, being sexually liberated or being, you know, promiscuous in any sort of way. And again, you know, these are pre-programmed things. We learn these things from birth. They are so ingrained in us. It is really hard for a lot of us to kind of pull ourselves out of that and to really kind of notice what is actually happening, right? You know, it's the things that like boys will be boys or girls should always, you know, uh, uh, make sure that they're covered or, you know, up to a certain age, you know, you shouldn't be wearing certain things or you shouldn't be talking a certain way or acting a certain way. And it's just like, who, like, once you're 18 and you're an adult, maybe even pushing it out to 21, past 21, nobody should be telling you anything. Um, You know, if you want to go sleep with every guy on your block, that's your prerogative. If you want to, you know, go sleep with every girl, I don't know, like, that's your prerogative. Like, as long as you're being safe and consensual and, like, who... If you're in a, if, 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 as long as everyone are consenting adults, everyone's being safe, and everyone is coherent and sane during the whole thing, like, who cares? Um, let people live their lives, essentially. Um, but there's so many things. There's so many things. You know, boys can't do this. Boys can't act this way. You know, women aren't supposed to do this. Women aren't supposed to act a certain way. And it's just like, how many, you know, if we really sat down and wrote down all the different norms that there are for men and women about how we quote-unquote should act or what we should or shouldn't do like we'd be here all day probably um you know just writing pages upon pages of all the things that society has told us we can or can't do based on our gender and what does that really mean you know what what does that even signify about society that we want to separate things out to what people can or can't do you know um now I know I said this episode was going to be more about dating and we're we're going to shift into that part of it now and so the again with dating you know it's it's also one of these things where it's separated as to what what men and women can't do even within the confines of a relationship and so you know women should not be the pursuers women should not be the one you know asking the guy out or doing this or doing that men should be the ones you know initiating things and 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 you know I, I like to use the analogy of driving a car and so men should be the one driving the car not the women right and you know who 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 made these rules you know who who sat down and said this is the way that it's supposed to be this is the way that it's going to work and if anyone ever challenges this we're, we're going to throw them under the bus like who who made these rules and why um and again in in dating it's so variable you know it's it's something that is literally different for every single person and every relationship so it's not it's not just variety from you know it's not just variety from, okay, well, you're, you know, 
you're this type of person and I'm this type of person. It's variety from the way that we come together is different each time. You know, you could date somebody, um, you could be high school sweethearts with somebody, date them your whole life, and I guarantee you each progression of your life experience is different and it, it, it feels like you're with a different person in each stage of their life so someone who you may have dated in high school is not going your relationship is not going to function the same way once you guys possibly get to college and it's not going to function the same way once you guys are out of college and and maybe living together and then if you guys have kids it's not going to function the same way after that and relationships change so much from experience to experience that how can somebody box it in and say this is what should be happening this is what should be going on this is what you should be doing this is what you should be doing and if you both do your respective things everything should always work it doesn't work like that it does not work like that at all you can do quote-unquote everything right and you could still end up in divorce you could quote-unquote do everything wrong and end up having a a relationship that lasts for for decades you know there is no playbook um it's like raising kids there's no manual you know there is no right or wrong way to do things things just kind of happen and and you figure it out along the way and you adjust and you modify and you try to make accommodations and you hope that everything goes right and when it doesn't you have conversations about what went wrong and you try to fix it and keep it from happening again the next time if it was something negative like there there's no there's no playbook that's going to teach you how to be a perfect partner there's no playbook that's going to teach you how to have the perfect relationship because it doesn't exist every relationship has its ups and downs and that is because the the participants of that relationship are flawed you know no one is perfect um you are going to make mistakes feelings are going to get hurt you know things are going to happen the the goal is to be able to talk about those things is to be able to work through the problems together which creates resiliency which creates trust which creates you know um it reinforces the idea of commitment and effort you know and attention and it's this this overarching journey of getting to know someone on a level where at some point you don't need to have conversations about certain things because you've talked about it enough in the past that you have that kind of you know that 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 pre-communicated information where you can just be you know you can just be 100% yourself you can be 100% you in a space where you know you're going to be accepted where you know you're going to be you know encouraged and nurtured and valued and heard and protected and, and all of that and this this idea that you have to have the perfect person for you or or you know the one you know that doesn't exist either like the the one person for you could be many different people for various reasons like i said before 
relationships change so much based on lived experience so and and that happens again an added layer of kind of complexity to this is that that happens with individuals as well again using the same example the person you are in high school is not the person you were in college is not the person you were when you graduated is not the person you may be now and it most likely won't be the person you are 10 20 30 years from now either you know we as human beings are so so complex that you can't you can't box us all in and say we all respond the same way we all respond to this because we don't we're we're all varied and we all have our own individual likes dislikes and other and of course you know there's generalities that are made you know when research studies are done about groups of people like yes there is averages there are you know common occurrences that tend to happen most of the time but there's always outliers you know there's always anomalies where someone you know maybe maybe this is maybe the norm is for someone to respond to the tall leggy blonde and there's always going to be that handful of people who are just like no I like the short stocky brunette you know it there's 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 variance there's variance and that's a good thing having diversity is a good thing okay if, if you take nothing else away from this episode it is that diversity is a good thing you should not have just one set standard of what you like because you like a lot of different things you know you can't say i want a person who checks all these boxes and then that's how you live your life i mean if that's how you live your life do you but you're you're going to limit yourself from a whole list of opportunities because you're looking for all these specific things instead of just finding out who the person is in general um and if they happen to check those boxes along the way then that would be a bonus but to box yourself in and say if this person doesn't have all of these things in the beginning then I don't want them now you're now you're potentially passing up an opportunity that could have been really good for you but you would never know because you're so focused on all my little check marks have to be checked and that's now don't get me wrong that's not to say don't have standards that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is you need to be flexible enough with your standards that you give the person an opportunity to show you who they are you know you can't because what you, essentially what you do is you assume that this person doesn't have what you're looking for you assume that this person cannot meet most or some of your needs based on these check boxes when you don't know that yet because they're new to you they're unfamiliar you've never come across them before and so how are you going to know if this person is capable of giving you what you need if you don't give them an opportunity to show you more so (laughs) how are you going to know if the person can give you what you need and or want if you don't even take the opportunity to tell them either we're not mind readers people so you know if you're interested in somebody and you're not sure like I don't know like we've only had a couple conversations they seem nice they seem you know 
they, they, it seems like we're hitting it off, but you're not sure. Keep talking. Keep having the conversations. At some point, you're going to, you're going to know like whether or not this person is somebody you want to continue talking to or taking things further and actually like considering a relationship with, or maybe you just want to be casual with this person. Whatever you decide, you know, you gotta you gotta give yourself enough opportunity to get to that point. You can't just say, oh well, they don't look the right way, or they don't dress the right way, or they don't drive the right car. Like, why do why do any of those things matter? Like, I mean, looks. I could see why that matters a little bit more because okay, if it is somebody you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, you kind of want to make sure you're, you know, you're happy looking at this person every day for the rest of your life, right? But ultimately like we're all going to get old and get wrinkled so in the end it really doesn't matter but you you got to think about what are you going to be able to live with every day because looks fades sex fades personality is what is going to outlast everything you have to be sure that the person you are going to commit your time energy and attention to is going to be someone that you can stand being in the room with because if you're nice to look at but I can't stand every time you open your mouth or I can't stand being next to you in a room why would I want to date you that doesn't make sense at least not to me like you know there's there's plenty of people who just date people just because they look good and it's like oh well what do you guys talk about or like how's the relationship otherwise and they're like I don't know I'm never in this I'm never in the room long enough to find out I just like that when I walk into a room, all the heads turn because they look hot and they make me look good. And I'm like, oh, so you've never had a conversation with them to find out what their actual thoughts and opinions were about something. No, not really. And it's like, well, I feel sorry for for them that they have to put up with you. Like, because you're not even taking the time to figure out if this is a, like, first off you're wasting their time like that's just you know major problem numero uno don't waste anybody's time like if you're interested in somebody either make it known or shut up like if you're not gonna (laughs) if you're not gonna put yourself out there because again as I as I've said many times risk is involved in everything it can be very scary to put yourself out there and ask somebody out trust me I know I don't do it either but at some point I do get to a point where I'm just like look I like you you know or look I want to spend more time with you or look I'd like to keep talking to you and and seeing where things go and it's like if you can't even get to that point where you can just say to the person hey look I'm interested too and I want to see if we can go further or saying I'm not interested then stop wasting the other person's time like it's it's not hard either like I and I that goes into communication which is another episode um like communication in relationships specifically is another episode but it's just like you have to a know what you want and b know what you know what you want back like you you have to you have to know what you want and reciprocate excuse me that's what i meant to say you have to know what you want but you also have to know how to reciprocate so you can't be the person it can't be one-sided you can't be the person saying oh i want you to check all these boxes but if they say the same thing back and you're like wait 
why do you have all these things that you you know I don't and it's like you you just did the same thing to them you know you just said if they didn't drive the right car if they didn't have the right job if they didn't xyz you didn't want to date them and now they're telling you the same thing or you go to a new person and the new person has higher standards and you're mad because now they don't want to give you the time of day well you just did the same thing like you can't have it both ways either you're going to be open and just see where things go or you're going to stick to your little checkbox method and you know and you're going to jip yourself out of out of opportunities with people who could be great for you and whether that means the relationship great or they're just friend great like you you're never going to know because you're too busy looking at your freaking check boxes which leads me into the the kind of like final uh the final kind of like little bullet point here for this episode is there is a person who writes for psychology today um his uh he has a column on psychology today called cultural culture conscious and he's written a book about this same thing as well his name is Lawrence T. White and he's a PhD and he this article is basically about what he thinks is the kind of be all end all um for him as far as what he wants to know about someone before he considers you know um any type of interaction with them or a relationship and so it's the idea of whether or not this person comes from an individualistic kind of community or if they come from a collectivist community and if you don't know what those words mean I'm going to break it down for you into into a way that you can kind of understand so an individualistic society or community is one that is the equivalent of playing story mode on a game right it's just you you're the sole player you're navigating this game by yourself you know you may have help from side characters along the way but you are the main person that you are navigating this this new world through versus a collectivist society or a collectivist community which is essentially like playing multiplayer or playing in party mode where everyone is responsible for everyone and we're all moving through this game together with different objectives and goals and we're all helping each other to reach said objectives and goals so his perspective on why knowing this is such a tell-all is that it at least what I got out of it it was that it provides a frame of reference for their point of view like how they see the world which makes sense because if you're a person who comes from an individualistic community or an individualistic society you're more often than not the person who is like you know I can do battle by myself I don't need anybody else you know, if you want something right, you gotta, you know, you gotta do it, if you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself type of person, you're very, like, type A driven, you're gonna get it done, you're gonna get it taken care of, um, that sort of thing, like, you don't need no help, versus a collectivist society or a collectivist community is very group-based, um, so it's very, you know, uh, kind of like, kind of like our, we you know it's 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 the it's the we mindset it's the we mentality it's the our you know the the our frame of reference where it's like oh we don't do that or you know our community or our family is like this or this is what 
we do as a group, not necessarily what, you know, someone individually might subscribe to. And which, in part, I would agree with him. I would agree with him that knowing that about a person can tell you a lot about them in the beginning. It can tell you a lot of things right up front. You know, it can tell you whether or not they accept help or how they accept help, how willing they are to accept help from someone else. It can tell you if they're really going to be, you know, or, or if, if they're going to have a frame of reference for consideration of someone else or someone else's feelings or if they're just going to do things with themselves in mind or the impact to themselves solely in mind versus someone from a collectivist community or society they may make decisions with a more communal mindset and so you know it, it can tell you a good bit about a person um, up front now he does admit in the article that this is not a be-all end-all as far as predicting anyone's behavior so this is not going to tell you whether or not this person is actually going to follow the you know the the predispositioned behaviors and and an atmosphere that they grew up in so there are plenty of people who grow up in collectivist communities that end up becoming more individualistic people um, and that is often because in each society the opposite effect kind of happens so if you're in a collectivist society or in a collectivist community there is often a lack of individualism so you are not usually allowed to have the space or many opportunities to say well i am different or you know i am separate it's it's very group based it's very we based and there there is often a lack of separation and individuality and and uniqueness and the same thing on the other side if you are part of an individualistic society or community there is often a lack of that group mindset of everybody should take care of each other and it's kind of just the idea of like nope everybody every man for himself and so there's this lack of community there's this lack of communal um, communal responsibility that you would see in a collectivist community and so each each kind of each atmosphere has its own you know pros and cons and, and setbacks and things and it's you know it's interesting and so I'm just going to read a couple of the points that they found um, that were true of individualistic society so it says they value autonomy self-sufficiency and being unique they see themselves as psychologically separate from others they are more generous to strangers which I found interesting and they experience pride more often than they experience shame which is which is important because in a collectivist society the opposite is true nine times out of ten you're going to find people who experience more shame in a collectivist society because again there's the idea that it's this we you know that what you do affects the rest of us and if you do something that's bad then it makes the rest of us look bad and so when when bad things tend to happen there is this collective you know 
shame that's put onto the the one person that tried to be separate or tried to stand out and they do tend to experience more shame often than people who are in an individualistic society who kind of have the opportunity to carve out some of that um some of that individualist mindset where it's like I'm responsible for this I did this thing this thing only affects me type of mindset so some of the things that are some of the traits that are strong in collectivist societies are they value loyalty and social harmony they see themselves as psychologically interdependent with others in their group notice that did not say codependent because that's a completely different thing Um, they put family and community goals ahead of their own goals they carefully consider the implication for others when making decisions and here's that shame piece where it says they experience shame more often than they experience pride and so again you know there are pros and cons to each society each community each each mindset that you operate from and if you if you want to take a look at that article i have that um linked on the website as well so there's there's definitely more insights in there um and the one other insight that he does talk about that i found interesting was that he says that he likes the comparison between the two or he likes that as a Uh, like a preliminary factor to deciding how he interacts with someone because it has predictive power and explanatory power and I had never had somebody kind of like outline it that way before and so he uses the example of knowing whether or not someone has smoked since they were 12 Um, so that has predictive power and explanatory power from the idea that okay predictive power in the sense that if this person has been smoking since they were 12 naturally by the time they're 50 you know predictive wise you can probably predict that they may have some breathing issues or they may have some some uh diseases related to the fact that they have been smoking since they were 12 and you know in conjunction that would also explain why most people who do smoke from the time they are 12 do tend to have certain certain health issues later on in life it's an explanatory uh, factor that can help you determine what is going to happen with that person later on and so for white he feels that knowing whether or not this person is an individualistic or collectivist type of person can help him determine some of those things for later on down the road now again he does admit that this is not a be-all end-all because there are other things that go into how a person is going to develop and grow over time but he feels that it's a a nice you know i'll say mid-surface tool to kind of figure out what you're going to get with the initial package um it's kind of like when you pick up a box and on the you know it has the main focal point of whatever it is but then on the box you can read like oh includes or comes with and then it tells you all the additional things it's kind of like one of those things where you you can see it on the box you can see that it comes with xyz but you're really not going to know what all of that really entails until you open up the box and pull everything out right and so 
people I think a lot of times get kind of caught up in this well it looks nice on the outside you know the packaging's pretty it's bright it's shiny whatever and then they open the box and it's not what they thought and then they get upset and they're like well I don't want to be with this person anymore because you know you used to be like this when I met you and now you're not it's like no they're the same person you're just seeing a different side of them now you know it's it's similar to you know again when when you open something up and like for example if you I don't know let's say you buy something that has wires attached to it and it's something that you have to you know maybe plug and unplug constantly and over time that plug may start to wear out and so your appliance or whatever it is may not work as well as it did when you first pulled it out of the box or you first got it because there's been natural wear and tear on the appliance itself and just general growth and development of the appliance you know parts get old things get faulty blah 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 you know it's it, it, it's it's a natural thing that happens it's going to happen eventually you're either going to have to replace the plug replace the batteries you know get it tuned wh- whatever you may need to do with it you're going there's going to be some work involved and you're going to have to put in some effort if you want what you have to last and i think a lot of people are getting away from that these days where they don't want to put in the work they don't want to keep doing what they did to get the thing not realizing that they need to also maintain the thing once they get it you know just because you date the hot girl doesn't mean that the hot girl is going to be there forever just because you have the rich guy doesn't mean he's always going to want to take care of you that way like and if he does great and if the, the hot girl stays awesome but there's still work that needs to be done within a relationship you don't just get with somebody and then you stop caring like there's effort that needs to be put in there's time that needs to be put in there's energy that needs to be put in there's attention that needs to be given you know all of those things factor into what may make your relationship successful and I say may because again you can do all the right things and still end up with something that doesn't work it is just the nature of things it is just it's something that's super variable and there is no manual there is no you know a plus b equals c with this sort of thing it it's it's unknown you know it's it's to to a degree it's almost an imaginary number where there there is a predetermined you know value for it but how it actually interacts within the rest of the equation could could be a million different ways and and could affect the equation in so many different um to determine so many different outcomes and so you really have to be upfront. you have to be aware of what it is that you're looking for and if you have any of these preconceived notions going in to meeting somebody new or determining whether you want to be with somebody long term like you have to really think about what it is that you want and what it is you've been told to want and you need to see if they match up and if they don't match up you need to figure that out because if you go into something with unrealistic expectations you will always 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 get your feelings hurt always every single time so do the work and there's work there you know before you even get into the relationship there's work that needs to be done on your end as a single person to bring the right things to the table 
that's that's just that's that's so important we don't talk about that enough either bring the right things to the table do your own work before you try to add somebody to the mix who has their own um you know their own preconceived notions they have their own thoughts ideas and opinions about how the relationship should work at least know what you want know how your thoughts and opinions and stuff work before you try to add in somebody else's because when you're with somebody else it gets it gets that much harder because now you have to think for two people so it just know yourself okay i have an episode on it go listen to it know yourself take the time with yourself to really figure out what it is that you want and what what you need to have a successful relationship what it is that you want to have a successful relationship and know how to articulate that so that if the person feels they can meet that they can tell you yes I can do that we can be great together and if they can't do it don't hold that against them just be like you know what thank you thank you for letting me know now so that we don't waste each other's time so that is today's episode guys um again go check out the companion post on the website that's welcome to the cute podcast.com and i will have all the links up there for you guys to look at all the different things that i've talked about today and we will pick up next week i'm supposed to have a co-host next week so we'll see how that goes um it's one of my really good friends from grad school she is an amazing person Um, You guys are really going to enjoy her perspective because she can get really animated and I love it when she's, you know, reading people and and giving them smoke. So you guys are going to be in for a real treat next week um, if we can make that happen. So go to the website, check out all of our platforms. Um, I'm on Instagram again. I am on Twitter. I'm still not sure why, but I'm on there. So go check it out um you should be able to type welcome to the q podcast or welcome to the q um and it everything should pop up so i'm on instagram i'm on twitter um, i am on twitch and you know we have the website and i'm working on a couple of other things as well that i'll be talking about later on down the road but enjoy your weekend guys um small tidbit I may be like down for the count because I was trying to get this episode done because I got my second dose of the vaccine this morning so far I'm doing fine no side effects just soreness in my arm um but I know last time it took a couple hours for like the pain to really kind of kick in so I'm kind of just waiting and I wanted to get the episode out before I went down for the count so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you next week